subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. David, we appreciate you making some time for us this morning. I think a lot of people know. How, how did this get started where you got involved with this project? So uh, I made a bunch of films for ESPN in the past, and I was uh, researching stories about Arkansas football. And, of course, when you research Arkansas football, Brandon Burlsworth's story is one of the biggest, you know, sort of first ones that comes up. And... You know, everybody knows sort of at least some of the basics and at least that he passed away tragically. And digging into the details, you realize it's much bigger than his life. Uh, the impact he had on his teammates, uh, the impact his brother and um, uh, his brother Marty and Marty's wife have had um, since his death, you know, made a story that I think transcends football. Um, and, uh, you know, I brought that idea back to ESPN for a true character and they said, let's do it. Well, I think people, again, are really excited that didn't get a chance to watch in Harrison last night, get a chance to, to watch it tonight. What, what stood out amongst you learning about his life and this 98 team? What stood out in this project, David? So he, you know, had this dogged determination, um, something that, you know, you don't, you know, a lot of athletes are determined, but, you know, his was sort of this, dogged determination that, you know, nobody could tell him no. Um, he brushed off any of the sort of negatives to continue to move forward. Um, and then, you know, his connection to Clint, Clint Sterner, his teammate. Um, and, you know, this moment in the 98 game when they got tripped up um, and that fumble happened um, made me realize it was sort of this window into their story, right? Um, you know, we know that in life, um, in sports, sometimes – Things can happen in the blink of an eye or in a few seconds that can change your life forever. Um, and this was a moment that, you know, changed, you know, Clint's life, Brandon's life, the teammates' lives, obviously uh, Arkansas fans and, and school sort of forever. I mean, we're talking about it, you know, 20 plus years later. Um, so for me, digging into that and unwrapping that and all of its connections to the team and everyone was a really great entry point into the story. As you went through talking to Clint Sterner and talking to Houston uh, and, and the others that were central figures to the stories there there any interesting backstories as you conducted those interviews any anything behind the scenes you can share that would you know maybe may, maybe make the viewing more more interesting yeah um i think you know clint himself was a, an amazing high school athlete i mean you know they were sort of polar opposites to to brandon right brandon wasn't you know heavily recruited small town um, you know, nobody thought he could play D1, certainly not Arkansas, even though that's sort of everybody's dream. Clint was sort of the opposite. Um, you know, also grew up in small town Texas, but was sort of star two-sport athlete, could kind of go wherever he wanted, um, came to Arkansas and absolutely fell in love with it. And so you kind of have these two mixed characters who kind of come together um, into this film. And I think that, you know, the idea is that anybody can kind of watch this film and relate their sort of own personal stories of life to both of them. Um, you know, Brandon's, uh, you know, uh, Marty as an older brother, um, looking out for Brandon, who uh, ultimately then passed away and, and had to carry on his legacy. You know, Clint had a brother who was competitive and, and forced him to be competitive in life um, with sports. And then, you know, Clint's brother ended up passing away um, and Clint sort of you know, became the rock of his family. Um, and I think that's a really interesting juxtaposition between the both of them and this, you know, strange coincidence between the two of them and their lives. Yeah. Um, Houston, you know, uh, is an amazing guy. And, you know, I don't know how much everybody knows about his past as sort of being a ball boy um, at Arkansas and, uh, you know, going through other coaching schools in the ranks and then being able to come back to Arkansas um, and lead the team is a pretty cool full circle moment for both of them. And I think, you know, everybody um, in the film, you know, had uh, speaks to a lot of the integrity 
that it takes to be a college D1 athlete. And, you know, all of their personal stories um, kind of come out. You know, his other teammates in the film, um, Anthony Lucas. Um, uh, yeah, it was um, it was pretty profound. Yeah. How, how did you um, get the feel in the edit and as you're putting the story together of, of balancing Brandon's story and then the story of the 98 team? Because really you could do a documentary on both. Uh, obviously movies have been made about Brandon and his life and his story. So how, how did you balance that throughout, you know, when, when you get down and you've, you've got an hour to put it together yeah. and it's less than that when you yeah. make time for how do you, how did you balance those? Because they're two great themes through, throughout your documentary, I'm sure. Yeah. So, so the first off is, you know, Marty sort of became one of our sort of de facto voices. Um, he sort of is the, the vo- uh, and then I say Marty, um, uh, Brandon's older brother, right. uh, Marty Burlsworth. And he himself was sort of a documentarian. So he, you know, we came to his house in, um, in Arkansas. He opened up his closet and he has shelves full of videotapes, uh, Super 8 reels, photographs. Um, he was a photographer, but from the time Brandon was born, he'd been documenting everything. And so, you know, you have a character who's passed away. We can't interview him or, or incorporate any of that. And yet Marty had all of these archives that allowed us to kind of tell Brandon's story and give him a voice. And at the same time, Marty was also an on-field reporter um, during a Brandon stint at Arkansas. So he had gotten a press pass to be able to follow the team. So amazingly, you know, you, you oftentimes when you see these films, you've got obviously the broadcast cameras and, and a lot of the um, um, bigger budget production cameras that are showing you material and you kind of have to see it from their perspective. In this case, we had Marty's cameras, sometimes on the sidelines, sometimes behind the scenes in locker rooms, able to kind of bring us into that world. So while we were able to use Marty to give Brandon a voice and tell his story, Marty's cameras also allowed us to capture the team and explore everything we could about the team leading up into 98 and leading up into that 98 season. Again, David. Um, and so I think, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to finish your thought. No, that was it. And so, and so being able to balance the two, it kind of, it kind of worked together because, you know, you could use Marty's voice to show us who Brandon was while at the same time we're meeting all of his teammates, seeing everything behind the scenes. So it really worked as this, it allowed us to condense a lot of, like you said, the story into a short amount of time so we can get the best of both. David, again, before we uh, let you go, anything else that needs to be shared before tonight at 8 o'clock? Again, your film on the SEC Network. I know people are excited about it. Any last uh, things you want to get in here with us across our airwaves this morning? Yeah, one last thought. You know, it's very easy for everyone to talk about the turnover and the fumble because that's what everybody remembers and the heartache of that game. But what's incredible was, you know, Brandon's death immediately impacted the team. And the following year, they came back and got revenge against Tennessee. I really want people to be able to see how they came back and see how powerful that game was in 98 and what they did a year later. And hopefully the image of of that team winning in 98 also creates an impact on people. And they remember that as well. Because Clint's an amazing person, amazing athlete, you know, bore the brunt of everything on his shoulders. And, you know, when it came time to produce a year later, he did with all the pressure on him. Again, David Balenson, the true director, director, or two character director, which appears tonight on the SEC Network at 8 o'clock. David, we really appreciate you making time for this morning. We really appreciate you you doing this film for a lot of our Kansans, especially in our ESPN 104.3 listening area. And excited to watch this film tonight. Thanks, guys. Say it too. All right. For, for those who have not listened to the trailer, here's kind of an excerpt on what you can look forward to tonight. Sterner lost the football! Oh my goodness! Bullsworth tripped him up! In the most critical moments of your life, it's a lot of times a matter of inches. He was a football, and now he's an All-American. The guy is just what college football is all about. Brandon will live on forever. Let me tell you a story about how games end, but legacies never do. An SEC storied film, True Character, Tuesday, November 14th at 9 Eastern on SEC Network. Which is, of course, tonight, 8 o'clock Central. Tommy, I love that guy's voice that does the ESPN <laughs> 30 for 30 in the uh, SEC store. I think he's yeah. just got an uh, incredible voice. But I'll be watching that tonight. Hopefully, a lot of you will be taking it in as well. David and all of our guests join us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Six locations in Springdale and Bentonville. A good deal is never too far away. Always visit online at McClartyDaniel.com. And y'all have the DVR set. 
because um, that's one you'll watch not once but twice, three times. You'll go back and 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 catch that you know several times, and then mm-hmm. it'll be another one of those as it's on a year from now, and you may see it on the guide, and it's fifteen minutes in. You'll watch the last 40, 45 minutes. It's it's a uh, you know it's, it's going to be one of those things that uh, I think we all enjoy, and, and I and like he was saying, the redemption element of the 99 game is really what you know is the kind of the thread that brings the whole thing together really does so uh looking forward to that tonight since everything has gone on with sam Pittman, people have looked back at the different coaches at arkansas and that was houston nuts first year that we were referring to in 1998 one of the 17 plus 500 win seasons since you joined the sec since you joined the sec you also have 14 below 500 win seasons. You've only had three double-digit winning seasons in that time. 06, 2010, and 2011. Those are the only times where you've won 10 or more games. So, Arkansas once again finds itself in a transition year in this league. 92, of course, you came in the league, didn't have the right coach. 2012, you had an interim in John L. Smith when Texas A&M and Missouri are at it. Oklahoma and Texas are coming in the lead this year. Hunter Yurichek needs to ask himself, as does every board of trustee member, as as every athletic department person that has an impact on this decision with your head football program, are you better off with another SEC transition with the guy you have now or to make a change and have another impact in that year? And I don't know the right answer, to be honest, but I know that They've got to make a correct one, or once again in the transition year, Arkansas is going to be well behind the eight ball like you've been in two other transitions in this league. And then you also got the marketplace that's out there. A&M's looking for a coach. Mississippi State's looking for a coach. Some believe Michigan will likely be looking for a coach when all of this is over. And then, this, you know, it's not over. You know, these aren't going to be the only three, and it may not be. So you got the marketplace to consider as well. So... I don't think the answer is cut and dry, and I know we've had a lot of frustrated and angry fans, and certainly have reason to be. And I don't think it's ever just one game. You know, it, it it's the Liberty game last year. It's it's the frustration of the last decade, and some of it, you know, Sam Pittman wasn't here for or responsible for. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's getting the brunt of it now because he's he's the one sitting in the chair. Yeah. So I don't think this answer is cut and dried either way. Um, and, and it's cliche to say, well, who are you going to get? But at the end of the day, that's the answer Hunter Yurichek is responsible for. And the number one job of an athletic director in the Power Five is to make sure you have the right football coach in place. I don't think anyone would question that Michigan or A&M are better jobs than Arkansas. Do you think Mississippi State is a better job? Than Arkansas, And I'm talking about not from our perspective. I'm talking about from a okay. coaching standpoint. Because allegedly, Mike Leach passed on the Arkansas job and thought Mississippi State was a better fit for him. So you got to think that about from a coaching standpoint. Fayetteville or Starkville? Okay, so let's put you in the coach's chair and me in the AD's chair. Thanksgiving dinner will be memorable this year at the historic Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in Hot Springs. Thursday, November 23rd from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the Venetian Dining Room, you'll have a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required. Must have credit card to hold reservations. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. 
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Before we talk to Bruce Dan and Pratco Fishing, let's talk to Chris in Fayetteville this morning. Chris, what's up, man? Can you hear me? We can hear you, brother. Okay, man, listen. Pittman needs to be fired. Period. Wow. Uh your check I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you the reason your check needs to be fired. His job is to get the money. His job is to get the money. He's the man needs to get the money for that like the part. He needs to be up there begging billionaires every single morning all day long. And what happened with the relationship with him and Jerry Jones? Jerry Jones was giving us bags of money two decades ago. Bags. And y'all talk about that $160 million donation to A&M. Jerry Jones used to give us bags of money. Where's your check at? Why ain't he down there begging him? Where's he at? And I want to make another point. Like Alabama... Uh, the coach of Alabama, he's got a company, he's co-owner, three Mercedes dealerships, from the guy sitting on the bench to the superstars, every one of them drives Mercedes-Benz. Where's your check? What's he been doing for the players? He needs to be begging them for money. Begging. How do you know, Chris, how, do you, how do you know he's not? What? How do you know he's not doing that? How do you? I mean, you're you're out. You're making he's the allegation. You're making the allegation that he's not trying. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You're making the allegation he's not making an effort to raise the funds needed. How do you know that? The past two or three years, so we would already have the money. Chris, how much money are you giving to the University of Arkansas? How much money I give the money for the tickets? My time, my travel, going to the games, the tickets I had this week, games, I burned. You burned them, they're, but they're digital I now. I burned. You burned a digital ticket? Yep, I burned it. Do you burn your phone? I, I felt like it after that game. <laughs> hey, I'm with you, man. Hey, we're all frustrated. Yeah. Chris, I don't... But you can't fire everybody, Chris. Yeah, Chris, I... I, I think the only I, I think where you would be validated in what you said this morning is if three or four years down the road, if there is a change in the football team, Hunter Yurchek hires someone else and that fails, then you would have some validation in what you're saying. I don't think anyone listening right now agrees with the idea that Hunter Yurchek should be let go. Now, there's plenty of people that agree with you about Sam and his job security. But I don't think many people agree with the idea that Hunter Yurchek should be let go at this point in time. And maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, call or text us. If you think Hunter Yurchek should be fired like Chris evidently does, you're welcome to get with us on the McCarty Daniel Hotline to get it 877-377-6963. B in Clarksville text in there. He said, Chris needs to find a dead horse and kick it. Evidently, that's what he's been doing at this point. Aaron in Wichita says he loves Sam Pittman, but Arkansas has to move on. Other teams are going to fire their coaches and move forward with that. It is going to be interesting to see how the situation in Starkville and the situation in College Station shakes out on who they end up hiring and how that has an effect on the rest of college football and the dominoes that we could see play out within the coaching realm. All right, so what do you think? The McClarty-Daniel hotline is open, 877-377-6963. Call or text. We have been overrun with text uh, throughout the morning and your calls as well. So what do you need? Uh, what, what do you think? B in Clarksville says Chris needs to find a dead horse and kick it. So, I mean, I, I think Hunter Yurchek is, you know, you know, from all indication, I mean, I don't think he's not, uh, you know, making an effort to raise the funds. He is on the sidelines a lot. I've noticed during games, you know, maybe 
Maybe he ought to be up in the suites, maybe a little bit more, rubbing elbows with with those that uh, that have those suites. Well, he's a, uh, if you if you've watched Hunter in any basketball or football or even baseball, I mean the guy is competitive. He's going nuts during the game, going nuts during calls. I was sitting right behind him when we beat Kansas in Des Moines. He's grabbing Chuck. He's sh- Chuck's trying to do the broadcast, and he's like shaking Chuck after they win. The guy wants to win. And this fall program isn't, and that irritates the dog out of him. We'll see if he can figure out whether it's with Sam this next year or if they transition from that at this point. Back to the McCarty Daniel hotline where Billy in Springdale is. Billy, what's up this morning, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, too. Hey, I just wanted to point out I just caught the broadcast and heard about Sam Pittman and all this stuff, right? But, uh, uh, I'm a true Arkansas fan. You know, we all know that Arkansas has ups and downs and everything else, but Arkansas does have some true fans. And when I mean some true fans, they'll go anywhere and everywhere to root on the Hogs. I don't think you're seeing and a question. So the question is this. We, do we know that they could win this game? You're talking about sa- one of these, Saturday night against Florida these. International? Yes, sir. Okay. I think there's an idea when you're a 29 half point favorite that you can win this game, Billy. To your point, I'm going to take this by two touchdowns. You're taking us by two touchdowns or Florida International? I'm taking Arkansas. They're going to beat them by two touchdowns. Okay, so they're not going to cover, but they are going to win. Oh yeah, sweet. Well, I hope that. Listen, I'm I'm looking forward to a win on Saturday night if it's up playing out. I don't care if they cover or not to this point because you need it. All right, back to the phones. Troy is in Poto this morning. Troy, welcome into the program. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I I've been a Arkansas fan since I was a baby. My dad was watching the race back game. My first words were touchdown whenever Arkansas was scoring. But uh, my question is: Does it seem like Sam Pittman? can really tell what's wrong with the team. Um, me and my dad have been Arkansas fans for a long time, but it seems like um, Sam doesn't know exactly what's going on while we're not winning. I don't know if y'all have any input on that. Thank you. That's a fair question to ask, and I, I don't think you're the only one to to suggest that. I think what Sam says, we we got to remember, what Sam says in a press conference and what is said and talked about behind closed doors are two separate things, y'all. Some of you get mad. Like, we, we had a texture earlier compare him to Musselman. Musselman was irate last night. They won by nine points, and it looked like they lost by 20. I mean, he was ticked. He was not happy. Sam Pittman, even after games and stuff, is you don't always see that fire brimstone. You've seen it before, but it's not as occasional as you see from Muss. That doesn't mean that's how it is in the locker room or in the coaching staff room, or the conversations. It's just different ways that coaches go about meeting with the press and responding to that. you got to be who you are. You know, Muss is the guy that's intense and, and yells and, and, and does it his way with, with volume. Sam Pittman gets a lot done, you know, with, in his words, but, but it's a soft, you know, speak softly. Now, I don't, you know, you can say, well, how big a stick does he carry? Well, that. That'd be for someone behind those closed doors. But, I mean, you can't be someone you're not. If you're not a guy that jumps up on the conference room table and is yelling and screaming and pointing fingers, and if that's not who you are, you can't be that because no one, no one finds it authentic. Mm-hmm. And eventually that message wears thin, that volume, it, you get ignored because people aren't going to follow, follow you if you're not being who you're, you know, if you're not being who you really are. Yeah. I get mocked for doing certain things and responding certain ways and acting the way I do, but I don't think everyone has ever accused me for uh, being inauthentic. Would you yeah. say? Would you say I'm yeah. a very authentic person, even though I'm very quirky and unorthodox in the way I go about things sometimes? Is that fair? Is that a oh, fair I, assessment? I think on me? you believe everything you say, no matter how wrong it is. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I uh, just got a text in from Spencer Neldorea that's listening this morning. Uh, he is going to have a daughter soon, Tommy, and he's going to go with the name Samantha Pittman is what he's going to name her. What do you think about that? I think that – does that make him a true fan? I guess. Evidently, yeah. you have to start calls. And I, I get a kick out of this because I used to do this when I used to call radio shows. It's like, I've been a fan since I was so-and-so, since my grandpa took me this. And we've had a few of those this morning. <laughs> 
Back to Shane, who's in Well, Korean. how much credibility could you... I've been a fan since... I started calling radio shows when I was in <laughs> elementary school. Mm. So I've been a fan since I was born. Since three years ago. Yeah. yeah basically. What's up, Shane? Good morning, guys. I uh, just wanted to say that uh, I'm reserving judgment on Sam. I really like him. I, I kind of hope that we retain him and that things turn around. Um, <clears throat> I just like his whole persona. Now, on the offensive line issues, do you think that we uh, clear the board and go back into the portal for new offensive linemen in the offseason? Or do you think these guys can be trained up? Because that's obviously a, a weak point on the team. And does KJ even give consideration to one more year? I'll hang up. Those are two good questions. Let's respond to the second one first. I don't think there's a chance that KJ Jefferson is your starting quarterback or back in Fayetteville next year. I don't think there's a chance at all that happens. To your first question, you have to. You don't have the the guys on campus to be adequate in the SEC on the offensive line. It's my opinion on that. Well, it, you know, if this is the end, and I don't believe it necessarily is for Sam Pittman, it's it's ironic that the offensive line will be the undoing. Mm-hmm. Said that yesterday. I still feel that way that at the end of it, what has caused all of the problems on offense? You can point to several things, and I think a change of offensive coordinator, uh, if you'd have waited one more year to have Kendall Bryles coach KJ one more year, it'd be a whole different deal. But at the end, Kendall Bryles would have had this offensive line to deal with, yeah. presumably. So, I mean, in the end, it's ironic that, the guru of the offensive line and our expectation to never have a bad offensive line I mean, is going to be the undoing. But, Christian, if he had other options, if he had better players, if he had if he had another way to rearrange the pieces, I think he would have done it by now. He's tried different things. Yeah. The reality is you don't have the players to get it done at this level this year. Yeah, me sitting in the press box, it was obvious that it was the O-line that was driving everything, and it just... I, I mean, I said to Phil, I was like, I don't think the O line can get much worse. I mean, they didn't do anything well. They didn't pass block well. They didn't. Obviously, we didn't run the ball well. It was just like your running backs told six yards, Big C, yeah. six yards. How does it get that bad? I don't think anyone knows. I don't think Sam Pittman knows the answer to that question. That's why I'm saying it's it's ironic that if yeah. if this is the un, if if this is the end, and I'm not convinced it is yet, the undoing will be. I think chief amongst the reasons, the offensive line and the lack of performance. All right, back to the phone lines. Charlie's with us here on the McCarty-Daniel Hotline. Charlie, what's up, man? Good morning, guys. Hey, I want to ask you guys something. When I was watching Saturday and sort a couple games this year like that, you guys talking about the offensive line. You know, we were frustrated about all the penalties against BYU, but heck, at least they were holding and trying. <laughs> there were times Saturday that I just felt like they said, I'm just gonna let that go 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 right by me, and I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna attempt to put my hands on him and try. I would rather I don't know about you, Ty, but or, or Tom or Christian, but I'd rather get more holding penalties in a game, <laughs> even though we struggle with some of that, than let my quarterback and my running back get hit in the backfield consistently over and over again. That that that's just my take and. You know, also the, the basketball game last night, I want to point out, hey, what do you think the over and under is when Chuck's listening to these games? He's right there behind Coach of uh, how many cuss words uh, Coach Must says during the game. Well, 100 plus. He must be the only one to use a, a, a salty word or two. I mean, No, no, but I'll tell you what. I, I, this team has a lot of potential. I knew there was going to be one of these games that was going to be close there, but uh, – they got to get better defensively. It's kind of crazy how we're looking at it. Last year, we were like, man, they can't play offense. They can't shoot. Right now, they got to improve defensively, and they will. But I just wonder, anyways, y'all have a good one. Well, I think uh, to your point about the penalties, you didn't have, I don't think, any in the A&M game. And yet, KJ and Rocket, or not, yeah, Rocket and everyone else was on their backside consistently. So there is some truth to that. In regards to last night, uh, this is kind of a different flair for Eric Musselman here at Arkansas, where the defense has been the calling card for a good chunk of his teams. Uh, this year, it's going to be more on the offense, I think, and he's going to have to rally his guys to play better. And they haven't, like, first three games, two of the games, you've held your opponent to under 40% including, if you want to include, the Purdue game under 40% as well. Yeah, so, um, you know, th- this team uh, is, it might be what saves this fan base from going off the edge. That And, and this Duke game coming up a few days after the uh, Missouri game 
might be the thing that, uh, you know, I guess brings us all back together. We'll see. All right, uh, Bruce Stanton not able to be with us this morning, so let's get into the Pradco Pyramid of Power and take a look at where the, things stand right now in the Southeastern Conference. It's brought to you by Pradco and all of their great brands, 20-plus brands made right here in Arkansas. All right, we start at the top. Georgia Bulldogs stay there. They're 10-0, and undefeated 7-0, and punched their ticket to Atlanta. A thrashing of Ole Miss, 52-17. to Big game with Tennessee this week. Two back-to-back games that are uh, of major consequence for Tennessee as uh, they uh, take on the Georgia Bulldogs this week. Alabama number two, eight in the, eighth in the country, nine and one. They're also in in Atlanta, so our SEC championship game is set. Seven and zero in league play. They beat Kentucky forty nine to twenty one. They take an awfully ton of eleven a.m. games this week. UT Chattanooga for the Crimson Tide on the SEC Network Plus this week. I'd move Missouri. All the way to the number three spot. After uh, thrashing Tennessee 36-7, to they get Florida this week at home, 6-30. I've leapfrogged them over Ole Miss. I've leapfrogged them over LSU. LSU beat them narrowly in Columbia. Ty, I've got Missouri number three right now. Uh, it's, it's really interesting with the dynamic of Missouri, Ole Miss, and LSU. With Ole Miss beating LSU, LSU beating Missouri, and Missouri playing as good as they are right now. I don't. I think some people would push back on it, but I don't know how hard they would based on how the Tigers are playing under drink. And just, again, 36-7, like you said. 8-2 yeah, and two right now, ranked 11th in the country. Ole Miss, I've got it number four, just uh, edging out LSU. And you look at head-to-head there, but Ole Miss lost to Georgia 52-17. to LSU beat Florida 52-35. to Seven and three versus eight and two. It's a toss up. Uh, Ole Miss gets UL Monroe this week. LSU gets Georgia State in the late game on ESPN two. And I've left Tennessee on the in the pyramid of power. I still think they're amongst the best of the rest. Tennessee after uh, losing to Missouri thirty six to seven, they're number six in the Pradco pyramid of power. Seven and three on the year now. Three and three in league play. I don't know if they're stuck in neutral uh, there like A uh, and M thought they were. They get. Uh, Georgia, of course, this week, as we mentioned a minute ago, 2.30 on CBS. From there, I vaulted Auburn up after the way they beat Arkansas. They're uh, number seven right now in this week's snapshot. They played New Mexico State this week. Kentucky is behind them after losing to Bama. Ugh, they look horrible in that game. Yeah, well, Bama has a way of making you look bad. A&M after that, they lose their coach, obviously, in Jimbo Fisher. The, uh, the weekend's big story on Sunday and yesterday. Florida. Then Arkansas, then Mississippi State, South Carolina, after they beat Vanderbilt, puts Vanderbilt squarely at the bottom of the league. And that's the Pradco Pyramid of Power, Georgia, Bama, Missouri, Ole Miss, LSU, Tennessee. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So how is Sam Pittman dealing with what's gone on in the last few days? Is he talking with his team about it? Apparently no. It's what he told us yesterday. We got a lot of fix, you know, so I'm going to go today about what we did wrong and how we can fix it. You know, our kids probably hear and read the same thing that the recruits do. I'm not going to address it because I don't think it's as severe as y'all do. But 
if they ask me about it, then I'm, I'm going to explain about that. But I don't have time really to explain about my job security, to be honest with you. We've got to beat F- FIU, and, and that's an honest answer. So if I was worried about me personally, I think it would take away from what we're trying to get done here. I got a job to do. I get paid to do it. I need to do a better job. And so I can't, I can't really sit around worried about my job security or me or anything like that. But I just think it's a much bigger issue with the media than it is with myself. So you said something at the end there. It's a much bigger issue with the media than it is himself. How severe... Do you think, explain the difference, do you think, from fans' perspective on where he is on the hot seat relative to where he is on Hunter Yurchek and Board of Trustees and other people? Well, let's talk about the media part. I I totally agree because Sunday, I mean, your phone was blowing up. Mine was. People having conversations. I was at the golf course. And people are referencing and talking about a post from a Twitter account that had 75 followers. And that's, I mean, that's the problem. I don't blame the people that looked at it that said, hey, here's what's being said. But, I mean, that's the problem with stories like this. And that's the, everybody rushes to be right, or rushes to be first rather than be right. Right, okay. And not everybody has the ability to vet out a story or make the calls to someone that's a true source. Everybody has, air quote, sources. Few in the media have legitimate correct sources so yeah i I, i'm just not uh you know we 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 gotta learn that we can't believe everything just because it's on twitter because maybe it's what we want to read and what we want Mm -hmm. to believe yeah i i like letting things play out not that i don't know not like i don't enjoy having inside information but sometimes i've gotten incorrect stuff before Mm -hmm. And again, most of the time I keep this to myself even when people ask me about it because I don't want to put something out there that is just as false as it gets and then get reamed for the aftermath of that. I've been first and right, and the credit I got for that was not as much as the scorn and finger pointing when I've been first and wrong. Wrong. (laughs) So I've learned it from both ends. And, you know... Everybody wants to be the first to break a story. It really doesn't matter because once you have something, everybody's got it, particularly if it's right within within minutes. So mm-hmm. but you are first and wrong and that no one follows you there. So, you know, it you know, it it doesn't um you know you learn these things over time, but sometimes we gotta learn that we gotta look into what we're reading a little bit more, see if it's the the, the source you really want to hang your hat on. And that that caused some I don't want to say a firestorm, but it, it, it certainly became the conversation of the state. And I don't think it was founded on Sunday. It certainly wasn't, it didn't make a change yesterday. Coach Pittman had his press conference. And I, I just don't see, regardless of what happens, um, I really don't see a situation where he's not going to coach the rest of this year. I think the longer he coaches, the more likely he is to coach next season. Well, I know who is going to coach the rest of this year. That's Eric Musselman. You speak of being wrong. Evidently, the team was wrong last night at points. Got he, they got double Fs, apparently, in some certain categories. How many foul shots they take? Five. So, defending without fouling. A+. plus. Taking care of the basketball. I don't know if I've ever had a team only have four turnovers against a high steel team, against a team that is plays four guards at a time and has great quickness. So taking care of the ball, A+. plus. Defensive rebounding, double F. Transition defense, triple F. Guarding the three, there's no grade. It was so bad. So some good and some very poor. 86-77, to the final nine-point win over Old Dominion, who could be projected to win their conference. Again, Anthony Ruda, he's very complimentary. Each press conference gives him credit. That's going to be a team that, when your net ranking pops up in March, it's going to be one you like to have on your resume. I'm kind of going through that. He went through that quick. Pretty much A's on the offensive end, taking care of the ball, shooting, F's, and and worse on the defensive, defensive side. End. Rebounding the defensive threes. Did, did I get all that? I think yeah. I think that's pretty well the divide. There was not much in between with Coach Muss. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it is going to be interesting to see how this uh, how this team responds to some of the defensive criticism. Oh, I bet I bet they got the brooms out or whatever they whatever the aid they're using in practice today to make you get your hands high and guard the three. They're uh, 
They're probably doing that. Evidently, the towels were out this week, and that's yeah. why he didn't, again, was didn't happy. He used, with, the, he used the bricks, too, once, didn't he? Didn't yeah, he's done that before, yeah. and it, it's helped at this point. That's going to do it for your hog update this morning. Brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Sometimes you just run into a team that can't miss, though. Sometimes it's your night. Yeah, and that's what Hog Caller text in here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. They were hitting some shots last night, and give them credit for Old Dominion for continuing to battle. Back to the phones. John's in Fort Smith. John, welcome into the program, man. Hey, guys. Hey, the fitness press conference, we've heard the same thing for weeks and weeks. we got to get better. I'm not doing a good enough job. Uh, you know, we got to fix this, got to fix that. But nothing, we're seeing no improvements. Nothing's getting done. I mean, that's what owner is saying. He says the same thing week after week. And, you you know, yeah, we did see same, you know, uh, better performance against Florida. Yes. But, you know, then you come home and it's, you know, you lay an egg as big as the Mississippi State game. But mm-hmm. maybe maybe one of the reasons uh, things aren't getting fixed is the situation is not as, as severe to him as it should be. I mean, I mean, honestly, if... You're not concerned about your job at this point? Man, something's wrong because, I mean, holy cow. People's coaches are getting fired all, all over the country well, for so, a lot uh, worse let, than... Let me, ask you something. let me ask you something, John, um, and you can stay on with us for a sec. If if he responded in the press conference yesterday saying, I'm terrible for my job, I'm scared, I'm scared for the staff, I'm, and he, he said that to a certain extent a couple weeks ago when asked about it. He's more concerned about his staff than necessarily his job. Would you be happy with that press conference? Or would you still be calling in this morning criticizing Sam Pittman? I would guess the latter, but I could be wrong. I mean, I, I feel like he could have answered it in a, you know, he, he didn't have to say, yeah, all I'm concerned about is my job. But, uh, I mean, he could have said something like, yeah, I understand that uh, I've got to do a better job and I've got to, you know, or I might not be here next year. I mean, you know, and I think he kind of knows already. Uh, maybe not, you know, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but, uh, I don't know. It just seems like, uh, it, sometimes with him, uh, you, you just want to see a little more energy, a little more, uh, sense of urgency. Uh, he just, you know, he just seems like he's got about as much energy as somebody in hospice. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. All right, Christian, what happened in the NFL this weekend concerning our pro hogs? All right, Frank Ragnow and Dan Skipper did not play this week, but their team got the win 41-38. The Lions over the Chargers. Dre Greenlaw returned, and the 49ers hammered the Jaguars on Sunday 34-3. He had six total tackles, which led his team on the day. The Patriots were held to six points in their loss to the Colts. Hunter Henry had three receptions for 21 yards. Dietrich Wise recorded a solo tackle on the defensive side of the ball, helped on two of them, and he had one pass deflection. The Washington Commanders fell to the Seahawks 29-26. Cam Curl, though, had a solid game with a team-leading seven solo tackles. Traylon Burks was ruled out again on Sunday in the Titans' 20-6 loss to the Buccaneers. He did not practice last week due to injury. Yelda Froholt in the Arizona Cardinals defeated the Falcons 25-23 on Sunday. Kyler Murray returned to the field, went 19 of 32 for 249 yards. The Cardinals rushed for 122 yards in the game. So when we do this next year, is Cam Little going to be like the only addition to this list? I was thinking about that. Your best player right now is a kicker. 
Yeah, without a like, doubt. Is there anyone else on this roster? Your best or pro like, prospect. Yeah, maybe. That, that maybe a defensive. Is there a guy on this roster like, yeah, this guy's going to make a play or two and be on our Lindsay and Associates Pro Hog update next year? I don't think you can sit here and answer with a resounding yes. I think Cam's going to be on an NFL roster next year. Yeah, maybe he's probably your best cover corner. Braxton at some point. I mean, you're seeing he's got he's a dog as a true freshman. He's a dude. Loved what I've seen from Jalen Braxton, young man from Frisco, Texas. Coach's kid. Smart kid. But there's no one else right now that you're like, man, this this guy's going to be on the Lindsay and Associates Pro Hog Update in 2024, which is probably one of the reasons you're 3-7 and seven right now. Yeah. Uh, I would tend to agree. Uh, I don't know where... Uh who else you would point to on that roster? Danny and Derek both say Landon Jackson. And that's, a again, a reasonable yeah, person to think of when it comes to maybe who's starting or playing on an NFL He's roster. He's got the physical uh, tools. No, qu- sure. no question about it. All right, we got All right. four callers. Rapid fire. Before we get to Tom, we'll start with Ryan and Hot Springs. Ryan, you got about a minute, man. Go ahead. Rapid fire. Uh, I was, I was going to say Rocket, depending on if he can get healthy and get on a team. He goes to the right team. Rocket, they don't have a shot. But, you know, I, I was just going to say, I've, I've, I come out of his press conference more concerned uh, with some of the things that, that have come out over the year. And then the fact that the Polar Express thing really did happen, that makes me feel like there's not that much in, in, institutional control in, in that locker room. And that, that, that's kind of worrying. That wasn't the main that, locker room. It was the redshirt locker room. And Ryan, let me, let me say this I, for we, Sam. We don't have full context yeah, on that. And let me, let me say this for Sam. You can't account for everything that goes on with your football program. Now, the big stuff, yes. And I'll agree with you, but... That's a nothing burger. I know it's a bad look. It, it's a really bad look, but if that's truly what we've been told, it's in the red shirt locker room, separate from the from, from the weather, it, 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 we need to let that go. That's a nothing burger. Okay. Next caller, Pig Suey's up next. Pig Suey, welcome into the McCarty Daniel Hotline this morning. Hey, good morning. Just uh, three, three quick points. I'll make them really quick. Uh, we have to do whatever it takes to keep Kane Archer... Uh, coming to the university, I don't care what we. I mean, we need um, our AD to say, "Hey, we want you to come here, regardless of who the coach is." Uh, that kid's a star, and that's our hope. He, he can start three years from now. Uh, number two, Hunter Yurchek fired Chad Morris when he felt like the players turned on him. I think we're seeing that now uh, with Sam Pittman. But there's clues of that, and then finally. We, if the state legislature is listening on the show, they need to pass a resolution that no, that the state of Arkansas or any private charity can have a contract with Jimmy Sexton. We've been, <laughs> it's been deceptive, um, and there needs to be a state resolution. I'm serious. Um, well, who are you going to hire? Who would point. you ever hire? You realize he controls. He, I mean, the coach. who would you ever have as your coach if you if you made a rule? It doesn't matter. That, it doesn't matter. Of course, I don't it matters. Arkansas dime going to that guy. So would you? It's not Arkansas's money. It's it's the it's the client or the coach's money. Would you feel that same way if he represented Eric Musselman and Dave Van Horn? No. Come on, man. (laughs) You had a couple good call. You had a couple good points. That's not a good one. Derailed there. Yeah, I'm I'm not the biggest Jimmy Sexton fan out there. I don't think a lot of our fans are, but he's that's never. He's really good at what he does. Yeah. All right. Last call before we get to Tom goes to Rudy. Ozark, home of the hillbillies. Rudy, what's up, man? Hey, Tom. I met you a couple of weeks ago when they opened the gym mart up there. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to throw in a few points here. Oh, I expected you to be a little taller. They do a good job of advertising there. <laughs> yeah. All righty. So, secondly, yeah. I'm just wondering if we can hang up on anybody that calls in and says Sam Pittman should give his money back. Like, like honestly. The third point is, is what does anybody expect him to say in his press conferences when addressing his job? Like, he's not going to throw anybody under the bus. He's doing his coach speak, his leader talk. I mean, of course, in the back of his mind, he's worried about his job and everybody else's jobs and how to get into next season. I mean, you can't come into it and say, oh, yes, I'm going to get fired at the end of the season. Or or, that's the one thing in the back of my mind that's driving my force. Everybody's going to feed off of that. Yeah. The third thing is the guy that brought up the legislation and stuff. I heard yesterday somewhere that Missouri has some kind of uh, legislation or something for the NIL that 
uh, addresses their kids. And I was wondering if you guys knew anything about that. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later. Rudy, good meeting you a couple weeks ago at uh, our newest Jam Art location. So the deal with Missouri is high school kids within that state can sign deals if they end up going to in-state schools, i.e. if some kid from St. Louis or the Kansas City side of Missouri wants to go to Mizzou, he can sign a deal early and get money in high school, mostly senior year stuff. Again, I'm paraphrasing the law, but that is the advantage that Missouri has on Arkansas and other schools in the SEC, and not just the SEC, but other states that you're recruiting against. Eli Drinkwitz has a really good class right now. It's for that reason, amongst other things, and they're good football team. Number two in the Pratt, or number three in the Pratco Pyramid of Power, which is uh, is uh, of course the biggest award out there at this the, point. The Pratco the, Pyramid. Of, it's if it, there's an awards yeah. list you want to be on, it there's it, the Heisman that, and then the Pratco yeah, Pyramid of Power. It's yes. right below it yeah. to this point. Let's talk to our friend Tom Murphy, also on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, kind enough to join us as always here uh, on a Tuesday. Tom, I want to start with what Rudy just said about Sam Pittman. We've taken calls this morning, people angry about how he doesn't seem scared enough that he could lose his job. (laughs) I wonder from your vantage point perspective that sees him every week, what is he supposed to say when asked about his job security that would give fans validation that he's trying to get this fixed? Yeah, good morning, guys. Yeah, I think Rudy was on it. Um, there, there really isn't like I, I don't know what they expect him to say. Like, man, I know it. If I don't win, if I don't win on Saturday, I'm done. Yeah. Um, no. Um, and and here's the thing. I think he can honestly answer the question that, that I asked him, which was, um, uh, are do you feel like you're coaching for your job? Well, I guess it's the, the question: Are you fearful of for your job? And he can say, No, I'm not worried because if they fire him. Um, he's going to get a lot of pay and uh, buyout money. And in the, in the back of his mind, living on Lake Hamilton with Jamie um, is, is a comfortable thing. And so I know that they're trying everything they can do. Uh, it's just been a bad deal. And so um, it's not like I think he's packing it in or anything like that. I think they're trying to get these things fixed and try to beat FIU and then try to throw all your your eggs into the basket everything you got to try to beat missouri at the very end it doesn't look you know it looks it looks like a daunting task right now but you know games can take on different weird momentum things and um i would i would say right now they have an outside shot at beating missouri but but for starters i I don't i don't think he can survive if they lose to florida international I don't think he'll survive that. No, he's gone. There's no question. Hunter Yurchek would be forced into a situation where there's no way that you could keep him at that point. Period. End of story. It's just it. I hope that doesn't happen. I don't want it to end this way for Sam, but that's the reality well, of the situation. And Tom, that you know, you, you hear this, you feel this. You're you're in all these press conferences. Sam is so likable, and everybody nice. You know, all the sentences, all the adjectives. Hey, Sam's a nice guy. You know. But then they're complaining about whatever it is with a football team. And I think that that's the other thing. Sam's done nothing that, you know, he needs to be embarrassed or be, or, or, or be, uh, be shamed but with, with the way his dismissal. I, I think there's probably a real desire from Hunter Yurchek, whether it's now or a year from now or five years from now, you want to handle it with some grace because I think Sam's earned that. I'm glad you brought that up. That's what I told several folks yesterday, including Bob and, you know, a few other guys on the, on the beat. I said, no matter how this ends, um, you can't do like, you know, the Zach Arnett deal from on Sunday. I don't know exactly how it was handled, but just bam, you know, it happened. Uh, no, Sam's earned that. Uh, the level of respect he brought to the program in game one against Georgia here, when they led at halftime against the powerhouse team, and, and then the second season, nine and four, has earned him like he brought a level of respectability. He, he let people puff their chest chest out. All those things he said in twenty one still apply. Um, and he is a good guy. And and you know I think that might be one of the things with yeah. this team. And he mentioned it over the course of the off season was he's trying. He he doesn't want to let anybody down. He's not. He's trying not to disappoint anybody or make anybody mad. And that may be one of the things that's gone against him a little bit in the locker room this year. Yeah, and you know. And I'm not in the camp that I'm convinced his time is is ending now. It may end up that way, but I'm not. 
I'm not convinced he's not back for another year, but I hope they can find, you know, a soft landing so that he can stay engaged with the university, be an ambassador in some respect, even if he doesn't work there, but where the, the relate, cause Arkansas has not ended uh, their relationships well with the past few coaches. And it took a long time for Houston nuts relationship with the school and the fan base to get repaired. I mean, you got to go These back a long time till you ended things on, on a good note with a coach here at the university. Yeah, th- these are good points, and I think Wally wrote about it in his column today. Is that, like this is a this is a trend at Arkansas. Every every coach since Frank Broyles has has been forced out, or you know, or you know, fired, or forced to resign, or something. And here's the thing: Sam Pittman's pride run, you know, in Arkansas, it runs deep. You you know that, and I know the fans are really really upset. But think about this: he wants to retire in Arkansas. He wants to retire in the mm-hmm. cent- central part of the state on a beautiful lake. And he wants to be able to go to the restaurants around there and have people look at him with respect and all that kind of stuff. And and so he hasn't embarrassed the program. And I, I think the reciproc- reciprocal of that is the program does right by him. And so um, who knows how this is going to turn out? I think if they if they handle the FIU and and they defeat Missouri in any kind of fashion, um, he's he's going to you know survive this. And and why not? There's so many factors that you have to have to take into consideration. A, you know, a the, the average fan, b the fans who are paying a lot of money, the uh, the power brokers at the school, what it means to your recruiting class, what it means to your current players and staff, and so so many factors to consider. Getting some good insight from Tom Murphy on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. He's with Whole Hog Sports and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tom, I know you have access through the Freedom of Information Act to the Arkansas finance, but not the Razorback Foundation because it's private. What do you think the finances are like over there right now, and how do you think that could play a role with keeping or letting go Sam Pittman? Well, that's a great question, and um, I don't know. I, 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 you know, Obviously, you're right. We don't see their records, um, but here's the thing. I know like even during the losing streak, the six-game losing streak, I know that Hunter Yurchek did not want to to make a change, um, and they've been competitive in all those losses until last week, and and now that's why everyone's so fired up. Um, I think they would prefer not to have to do that because uh, you know financially what it cost for for him, which is roughly sixteen million, and then the rest of the staff, and then you're hiring a new staff. So, um, uh, but circumstances could dictate that they do that. And then I'm sure that people with money and power and influence will step up and, you know, help make that happen. So, um, I don't know ultimately if, if finances are going to dictate the decision, but they certainly play a role. Now in the finance aspect, it's seemingly Texas A&M has an unlimited money supply, Mississippi state, not so much, but when you're Hunter Yurchak and you're also evaluating this situation, how much does current SEC schools that have openings determine what you do with your football program moving forward? Yeah, I would think that's a component in what in the calculus in his mind. Uh, I don't know if it would be uh, a high one, uh, but yeah, could you be in this, the market for similar coaches if that's the case? Possibly so. Um, so, uh, yep, he's got to he's got to take that into consideration and how quickly you move because now, guys, I covered a coaching search at Alabama and the one that led to Nick Saban that went from right around Thanksgiving when Mike Shula was fired to the almost hiring Rich Rod on the first week of December, around December the eighth, to hiring Nick Saban in January. It, it was like a five to six week search that was unbelievably difficult to do. Uh, you can't do that now because of mm-hmm. the early signing period. I mean, you've you got to have a coach ready to go within about a week or so. And that's why A&M's is going to be interesting because would, would they be interested in a coach who's currently doing very well whose team will be playing in a major bowl? I don't know the answer to that. And yeah, so there's a, there's a whole lot to consider, including um, who else is hiring coaches in your division. Yeah, and, and let's be honest. If Michigan has an opening, there's potential for that. A&M, we know, has an opening. You're probably not competing on for the same list of names, those guys. I know that will be talked about, and, you know, everyone, uh, you know, that calls into our show and has has an opinion, but, but the reality is they're probably 
searching at a different level. You are competing with Mississippi State, and if there are other openings in the mid to bottom half of this league, that certainly changes the calculus, I think, for, for Hunter Juracek. I think Florida could still possibly uh, be a place with, with the way things have went for Billy Napier. So, um, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you got to look at the global landscape of what the marketplace is going to be, or you could find yourself, you know, with hat in hand and no takers, uh, much like you, uh, you know, the perception was of, of your last search. Yep. Yep. That's true. And, uh, I mean, there's some, there's some up and comers. I mean, people talk about Jamie Chadwell and, uh, Kurt Signetti, who's done really well at James Madison. And I mean, um, yeah, there's, there's some, there's some interesting names all around. Um, and the Florida question is, is one that, yeah, I mean, They've been competitive like Arkansas in some games. They've beaten Tennessee, but they lost at home to Arkansas. I mean, that, that was a, that's a head-scratcher for them. So they might be in the market as well. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.